Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Friday, everybody. Glad you're with us around the Super Talk Network this afternoon online, wherever you're tuned in. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson, we're broadcasting from the First Bank Super Talk Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg today. We're glad you're with us. Legendary sports agent and Southern Miss supporter Bud Holmes joining us a little later in the program. We'll also update you on basketball from last night and uh, some uh, football hiring news. And we're about to talk to the new special teams coordinator for Southern Miss football. But first things first, opening segment sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Uh, Great friends of ours, great supporters of Southern Miss Athletics and the place you'll find the best barbecue anywhere. Seven days a week, they're located right next to the Turtle Creek Mall. You can enjoy their delicious food in their dining room, through their drive through or they'll even deliver it to your house. However you choose Dickies, just be sure that uh, you say hello uh, to the gang down there and tell them you heard about uh, Dickies on the Eagle Hour. All right, Greg Meyer is the special teams coordinator for the new coaching staff at Southern Miss. We're very happy to have him on the show. He comes to us uh, via the University of Georgia. And uh, Coach Meyer, good to have you on the Eagle Hour, sir. Thank you for your time. Well, I appreciate y'all having me on. Excited to be here. Well, there's a lot of excitement about the new staff, about the new prospects for uh, for Southern Miss football, and of course, uh, any football fan knows that special teams are a crucial part uh, of a successful football team. A lot of a lot of folks say it may be the most crucial. Uh, as you approach that uh, here at Southern Miss, uh, what will be the strategy and the the way you will attack uh, special teams play for the Golden Eagles? Yeah, well, our, you know, we want to be aggressive on special teams. Um, we want to uh, – I've got a very, very simple motto. I want to try and do <clears throat> simple better uh, than our opponents. And, and what that means is um, putting our guys in positions that they feel comfortable with, uh, that they are confident in executing techniques, uh, but at the same time trying to, you know, expose teams' weaknesses and, and um, pick our spots to come after things and – and push the gas pedal a little bit and create those momentum plays that, uh, you know, play a big part in, in, in helping teams win. I know different uh, special team coaches, I, th- I think, have different strategies. Some like to use some of the starting players from offense and defense on special teams. Others uh, have kids that just specialize uh, in the kicking game, the special teams game. How, how will you approach that, Coach? Well, I think you're really successful when you can get a, a happy medium of both there. And a lot of that goes back to um, Coach Hall and his philosophy uh, and the investment that he's putting into special teams. But I think you're always going to have that core group of guys that are kind of playing on three or four of your units and then um, <clears throat> you know picking and choosing uh, your starters. And we will have starters on our teams. Um, which ones they do. Obviously, having a, a guy who starts on offense or defense and playing on four units is a little unrealistic, but kind of um, 
spreading that wealth around, if you will, picking who's best at what and, uh, and, and having those guys make an impact on those units. Luke, get in here. I'm really excited because, Bob, I try to tell you all the time, special teams are the most important phase of the game. Punters are people, too. Kickers are heroes. So now we have the most important coach at Southern Miss right now, the special teams coordinator. Uh, coach Meyer, um, as a former punter at Southern Miss, uh, just you know what you just said when I was punting, the year we won conference championship in uh, 2003, I had like eight or nine future NFL dudes uh, blocking for me. So, man, it helps to have studs on, on special teams. Uh, where you come from with Georgia, you guys were top ten last year in three different um, areas. And, uh, you know, sometimes it, it just seems as if some coaching staffs do not put the emphasis on special teams as they should. They get beat late in the year on, on a crazy play. With, with Southern Miss having a coordinator – Solely dedicated to special teams, it really speaks of Wills Hall's emphasis of the kicking game. No question. Uh, you know, that was uh, one of the things that stood out to me uh, uh, going through the interview process with Coach Hall and, and really since I've stepped foot on campus is his commitment to, to making this a third of the game and uh, the importance that he places on it. And, you know, um, actions speak louder than words, and obviously we haven't had a ton of time to be around the players yet from a football standpoint, but um, just the stuff that we're doing as a staff and the access that he's given me to those guys, um, you know, talking about scheme and trying to get everything installed so we can hit the ground running in the spring is, has been phenomenal. Special teams has, has evolved. I've been out 15 years. Uh, you've been coaching for 10 years or 11 years, had some great stops, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Eastern Kentucky and then Georgia. Just in ten years, coach, with philosophies, we had a rugby phase that for a little bit, and then the Aussie, you know, pooch punts came into play. It's just amazing how the special teams has evolved in the last decade. No question, you know, and I think um, a lot of it has to do with um, obviously this this tenth coach position that got added a couple years ago. I think you saw the um, you know the the rise of uh, of special teams coordinator only position on some staffs and just um before even before that i think you saw teams kind of start to put more emphasis on it um you know it, it wasn't an afterthought anymore and uh and you know a lot of people saw the the benefit that that came with that and uh kind of started adopting that um in their own program so it, it's definitely um you know become more challenging even in the in my short career uh, you know, you see a lot more than you used to, and um, but that's that's part of the fun, right? I mean, that's that's what uh, I'm here yeah. to do, and uh, try to find a way to to attack people and and um, make them play on their heels, and and let us be in a in a you know offensive position as opposed to a defensive one. When I was uh, when I was playing, uh, it was basically uh, a walk on would come. He would earn his job. He'd get a full scholarship. When I played for for Jeff Bauer, uh, towards the end of my career, you started seeing Southern Miss sign you know one guy every year, two guys every year. It just seems as if now um, college rosters are the the way they've afforded teams are really focusing on on specialists. And you know they may not be scholarly players, but when you look at a roster, there may be seven or seven or eight guys dedicated you know just for uh, whether they're kickers, snappers, or punters. So Southern Miss is, is going to have a, a, a crazy amount of guys to be able to contribute if needed. No question. And, you know, um, I've, got, I've got a very strong belief. And, Luke, I'm sure you can attest to this. I mean, shoot, you average 44.9 yards as a, as a senior. So that's a pretty darn good punter. If you want to be good on special teams, you need to have good specialists. 
And, uh, you know, I think um, devoting those scholarships to get those guys that are elite players in those positions and then um, having those preferred walk-ons and the guys that uh, are willing to come to your program and develop. And what you hope to have happen is, right, when you get a guy who graduates, you've got a guy in the program that's been there for a year or two that was a good player coming out of high school that has developed in your program, and it's a nice, smooth, easy transition. You don't have to go – uh, sign a kid every time you get a starter to leave. That's what that's what you want. Uh, and at least in my opinion, that's what you want that room to look like and kind of how it should operate. Um, but we have a, a very talented room. Like I said, we haven't had a ton of time to be around those guys, and I haven't seen them kick uh, live yet, just because we you know we're not kind of in that phase of the off season. But um, looking back at what those guys have accomplished over their careers here thus far, we've got a lot of guys who have played in games and. Um, you know, that's a it's a very good feeling to have as a coordinator. You're not rolling out there with a bunch of guys who haven't done it before. So um, that's been really exciting for me. You know, Coach Southern Miss has a history of uh, of pretty well-known kickers, punters. Gerald Wilson, all-time pro, you know, with Kansas City. Ray Guy, maybe the best ever Hall of Famer. And Luke Johnson. I mean, it's going to be um, a high bar to have no to reach, question. Coach. No question. Well, you know, I mean, that, that is uh, – that is a really high bar to reach. Um, obviously, uh, that's that's something that uh, we're going to certainly strive for. And um, I've been very fortunate in my career to have been around some some very talented specialists. And um, you know, in the brief amount of time that I've been around the guys uh, in my room now, uh, I, I have no doubt that these guys are going to uh, attack attack spring practice and. Um, you know, just seeing them work right now in the weight room and, and in morning runs, you can see that they're hungry and uh, they're they're ready to accept and rise to that challenge. All right, Coach, 30 seconds left. We, we, we love having the opportunity to talk to all you guys on the staff. Uh, in the time that's left, give our listeners, give them a, an understanding of what the vibe is like right now uh, with the football team and the coaching staff and, and all the all the newness surrounding the football team. Sure. I think the one word that uh, just keeps uh, – really two words that keep coming to mind after being around the players a little bit, these guys are hungry. And um, and there's a ton of positivity, and that starts with the top um, and trickles down. You know, Coach Hall, that's, that's one of his big things. And I think um, – our guys are embracing it, and and you know, um, I think a lot of people could say, "Oh, positivity," and we're gonna, you know, sing kumbaya and have parties and all that kind of stuff. But you know, it's positivity and affecting other people positively, and still going out there and working hard. And we're out there coaching those guys hard when we're, you know, in, in team runs and all that kind of stuff. But you can see that these guys are ready to work. Uh, they're approaching it the right way. It's been, you know, it's been awesome to be around and. Uh, right now, the staff has got a really good bond, and um, you know, there's just a lot of excitement going forward. I think. All right, Coach. Thanks so much, Greg Meyer, Special Teams Coordinator for Southern Miss. Appreciate your time, Coach, and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. We'll be right back, everybody. Bud Holmes next on the Eagle Hour. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank Greg Meyer, new special teams coordinator for Southern Miss football, for coming on the show. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. You can shop their great inventory of Southern Miss apparel six days a week on Hardy Street across from the campus. You can shop online at CampusBookmart.net. 
and uh, they will be happy to fix you up. All right, very excited about my next guest. I, I've known this gentleman for a long time, and uh, he's always been very kind to me, and I'm, I'm always grateful to have him uh, come on the show. Bud Holmes, uh, Southern Miss people that have been around a long time don't need any tr- introduction to Bud Holmes. Probably very few people, of any, who have done more and given more to the athletic department than Bud Holmes has through the years. Also, one of really the first real, I would call, super agents that represented the the likes of Walter Payton, Ray Guy, Fred Cook, Robert Brazil, George Rogers, Sammy Winder, uh, great football players, not only from Southern Miss, but really from uh, a number of areas in Mississippi. And, uh, Bud, we're glad to have you back on the Eagle Hour, my friend. Well, I appreciate it very much. I was wondering who you're talking about when you referred to me as a gentleman. <laughs> I said, Lord, I thought I was going to be on that show. <laughs> Well, look, I met you a long time ago, and uh, you were very, very kind to me. You took me to Saints games and in the locker room, took my young daughter and me to Saints games before and sat in the suite with the owner. So we go back a long way, and I'm, I'm very familiar with with all the all the great football players that you have represented in your life. But I, but I want to start with the greatest, and, and he, he's not a Southern Miss guy, but I think we all agree that there's there will never be another Walter Payton and uh, I know that you were very close friends with him. I know that you, the day after he broke the NFL rushing record, you set me up with a live interview with Walter Payton on uh, WDAM-TV. We'll never forget that. How did you come about meeting the great sweetness, bud? Well, I didn't even know who Walter was, truthfully. And uh, I was asked by Berlin Bourne here in Hattiesburg, would I be willing to represent kids from a predominantly black college, and I said, well, I'll represent anybody, because all I have is a handshake with any of them. I include Ray Guy and Walter, and all of them. And I said, as long as they're good citizens, and that's the only thing that I require, that they be good citizens, and they get their degree from uh, the university, and if they're good citizens, I'll be glad to represent them. I don't care what skin color they are. And so, that was uh, how it was, and so uh, I'd get ready to go bird hunting, truthfully, out to Texas uh, with John Rakenboard on the Saints. And and when I did, Bob Hill drove up in his Cadillac, and he had three guys with him. It was Walter and Ricky Young and uh, Robert Brazil. And they got out and came in the office, and we sat there, and they were dressed to the nth degree. I mean, just to the nth degree, and Bob sat around, he was dressed to the nth degree, and they were, I mean, just like they'd stepped out of a fashion magazine, they kept talking, I tell you, real uptight, I mean, everything was, yes sir, no sir, yes sir, yes sir, no sir, I'd ask them questions, try to pick through to them, and in those days, they had, uh, had the, the, the end thing, and the slick thing was that they had, that they wore these, had these satchels that they hung over their side that looked kind of like women's purses. And I couldn't get through to them. Everything, boy, they're just uptight. And so I said, Bob, I just can't represent them. He said, well, well, where from, Mr. Holmes? I said, well, I just never have represented any gay football players before. <laughs> and uh, he said, what do you mean? I said, well, look, I've got these women's purses here with them. And with that, they started laughing. They fell on the floor and started rolling around and laughing and dying and laughing and did it. And we all hit. And I said, yeah, I said, don't want condition. And we just have fun with it. And if we can have fun, I'd love to represent them. And 
Of course, then the rest of it became history. Walter drafted the first round. Brazil was drafted in the uh, first round. Ricky Young, who later set all kind of NFL records in receptions, was drafted in like the 13th round. He went to San Diego, and of course, he turned out much, much better player than than uh, what his draft status took him. But that was how we got started, and Walter came over here, and he in Brazil, and Ricky and and uh, they'd come over here and stay at the farm where I am right now and bring their girlfriends with them. And we just kind of like became part of a family. And I met all their family and got to know them and, and started having fun. And so uh, Walter was a natural, natural, natural clown. And I say natural, I mean natural. He was loved, loved, loved a joke. Had a big joke, and of course I can't say on the air now what his favorite word was, but uh, you don't dare say it anymore. But Walter loved that word, and he knew it intimidate people uh, whenever he would say it, and they, it, they'd run from it. And he would joke, and he thought it was so funny and and ridiculous. And so when we went to Chicago to do his. Uh, first interview with Brent Mushberger, Walter went up and just carried on and carried on, and Brent was scared to death to put him on the front of the air. Well, little did Brent know that Walter, on the side, did sports announcing for W, is Channel 16 in Jackson. I can't remember the number of the call letters, but it's Channel 16. And so Walter got out there, and Brent was scared to death to put him on. At that time, Brent was head of the... Uh, Chicago fitted for CBS Sports. And anyway, Friday when he put Walter on, you'd have thought he was straight from the latest of announcers. And the thing was all over. Brent came up and picked him and said, man, he is a smart ass kidney. We joked. They became close. As a matter of fact, when Walter's funeral, that was the last thing that Brent said to me was, he said, we lost a little smart ass, didn't we? So, that was Walter, and he loved, loved, loved a joke. He loved to intimidate. Uh, he could imitate a woman. He'd come down to my law office all the time, get on the thing, and act like he was my secretary. And he'd say, Mr. Holmes, tired of fooling with you. Oh, I wish you'd hang up. He, 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 he just he don't like a thing. Well, you know, he care. I said, Walter, God, you know, man, you're giving me all kind of trouble with my clients. And, and he just loved doing that or call you up. And, hell, I was out hunting one time with Bruce McCarthy and a bunch of them up in, in uh, Dakota's, and Walter was playing. He called me up, and they had to go get me out of the, out of the woods. Came an emergency call, Walter Payne. He said he was leaving. I said, what, what are you talking about? This is a rookie year. I'm leaving. I'm going home. I ain't going to put up this stuff up here. I'm, I'm not going to. You know, they may want me to do it. I said, Walter, come on now, man. I, what's wrong with you? Said, Let me talk to the coach. No, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm all right. He just kept on, kept on. I said, Walter, okay, I'm leaving right now. I, I just just uh, stay there, and I'll, I'll go catch a plane, and I'll, I'll meet you, I'll go over there. He said, ain't no point you doing that. I said, well, how come it's not? He's because I'm here at the Bears anyway, and he just died laughing. And, <laughs> Called you out of the woods for that, Oh, huh? yeah, man, I wanted to kill him. <laughs> and, uh, but it was just one continued thing. It was a pleasure, you know, I... I always felt like he was my son I didn't have, and uh, 
and we just had a great, great, great time joking and carry on. I, he, he loved to come down to the office, and people would be down, and he'd love to go in and get uh, coffee, put them on a little serving tray, come bring them out. He said, I missed a home to serve, and I want to know if want, what kind of coffee you want. This is, what you want this is Walter Payton we're talking about, the greatest football player in the history of the National Football League, right? Right. He, he was, <laughs> see, what a lot of people didn't know, Walter would come here and spend the summers, and I had raised out there at the Southern where he would, he would go out there and run the stadium. He'd go out there and run the stadium for two hours just during the heat of the day, then you go into the locker room and get in the whirlpool and everything and come on back out here. He'd do that every year because people didn't realize who it was who was out there doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh matter of fact, before he ever was drafted, I had a lot of fun. I called up Bobby Collins and told Bobby I had somebody that, Walter Ness is the way we, we did it, told a story that, and Walter won't have some fun, and I said, you're, you're going to be some kid from out in California whose grandmama lived down at Palmer's Crossing, and they've been a family problem, and you were going to come over here and live with her, but you did all kind of stuff out there in California as a way of football, and you wanted to try out for Southern because he'd already been drafted number one at this point. And so... Walter man thought that was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I called up Bobby and I said, Bobby, I got somebody uh, in here. I know you probably don't want to sign him or anything. I know you probably loaded up, but won't you do me a favor? And Bobby just nicely could be, of course, and kind of humor this kid for me and uh, act like it. Maybe later we can get him a job out there in the equipment room or doing something. But uh, <laughs> he's kind of come from a broken situation and we need to kind of help him keep his feet on the ground and get him back at school and everything. Oh, yeah, 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 bring a young man out. You know, Bobby's just a wonderful guy. And he said, bring him on out. Yeah, yeah, we, we'll get him. We'll get him to school and everything. You bring him on out. So I did. Walter goes out and walks in. I'm sitting there listening. I tell him. We hadn't even discussed it. They came in. Hey, you young man. Everything to him. He gave me his name. And uh, what's your name? My name is Robert Josh. All right, Robert. Glad to have you come out here, man. That's good. Uh, what what uh, the, well I, I I graduated with with a three point nine out there it, it should have been a four point oh a three point nine especially Ed uh, uh, well, I went to so and so junior college he named some junior college right off the bat. Uh, but hang on to that thought. We're coming up against a hard break. We'll let you continue okay. that uh, story. I know Luke has some things he wants to ask you to. Sure. We're talking to Bud Holmes on the Eagle Hour. Agent to Walter Payton and many a great NFL football player. We'll continue our conversation in just a moment. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're with us. We're talking to Bud Holmes, agent of many a great football player, and uh, glad to have him on the Eagle Hour. All right, Bud, I know Luke has some stuff he wants to ask you, but I want you to finish this story. It'll set it up in case people are just joining us. You kind of set up a spoof with uh, Bobby Collins and Whitey Jordan, making them think that they had maybe some prospect uh, on the campus, and they were about to time him in the 440. And then how do they realize it's well, they, they, Walter well, Payton? I'm sitting there, Walter put on little shoes to get out and go run at him, and Whitey was going to go time him. And Brick Mason, who was from Columbia, came by, and he saw, spoke to Walter, and he walked by, and he went in there and saw Whitey and Bobby who's getting ready to go time him. 
and said, what y'all doing with Walter Payton out here? And, of course, Walter had already been drafted number one. Everybody knew who Walter was at this point. And uh, and so I kept waiting and waiting. And so I saw Whitey. I said, Coach Jordan, you going to come uh, time uh, Mr. Johnson here? And he said, you SOB, you go time him. <laughs> he knew that they'd been taken. Of course, everybody's had a big, big laugh out of it. Uh. And, of course, later on, everybody really. You know, of course, the rest of the story goes back to P.W. was sent uh, Barney Poole over to look at it when he was in high school, and Walter had played for his first year that integrated, and it was a real tough game between uh, Columbia and Prentice. And right at the last, Walter broke it and ran in the last 20 yards backwards, holding the ball up, shaking it at uh, at the Prentice coach. And so... Marty came back and wrote a thing. Said, "A great athlete, but we don't need a smart athlete on the team." And so, so P.W. died every time Walter would see him. He'd always say, "This young little smart athlete guy that couldn't wasn't good enough for you." You know, and they they came very 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 good friends. But Walter, oh, this little smart athlete kid. <laughs> All right, Luke, get in here with uh, the legend Bud Holmes. Mr. Holmes, thanks so much for joining us today. You were also Sammy Winder's agent, and Sammy was, uh, you know, in that prolific offense. When did really his stock towards the NFL was it was it high when he came from Southern Miss, or his team started looking at him? Did it really take off? And and just kind of tell us about that time uh, between yeah. Sammy uh, leaving Southern Miss to going pro. Sammy was a a. Uh... Hard, hard-nosed runner, and, of course, he's a walk-on out here. He'd broken his leg in, in uh, high school, and so the other schools didn't really look at him. We took a chance on him because of his uh, ability, and, of course, he turned out great. And But Sammy was looked at. Uh, the He was not uh, the top top-of-the-line type pick. I knew he was going to be drafted, and he was drafted kind of mid-round. And Sammy, because of his work ethic and worked so hard, he turned into a much, much better player than what they thought he would. Sammy worked hard, worked hard. Everybody liked Sammy. and uh, But Sammy was just a grinder, grinder, grinder. He always could deliver. And when they counted on it and needed some yardage, Sammy was the guy they'd go to. You know, he wasn't the O.J. Simpson uh, type. Uh, Eric Dickerson, Coach Walter Payton, et cetera, et cetera. Flash like that. Sammy was just a hard, hard-nosed running uh, like Larry Zocker was down at Miami. He was just a hard, hard runner and and, and you know, and just very dependable. He's just the kind that the coaches love. I mean, the coaches, everybody loves Sammy. Sammy's quiet, unassuming, no trouble. Just he's the coach's dream. How did that era in USM football in the the late seventies, early eighties, you know, affect you and with professional players? I mean, it just seems like Southern Miss came on the national scene there, and I'm sure you know in your business there was a lot of people that started looking at Southern Miss far more closely from a national perspective. Uh, 
It, it was uh, during that time uh, you had much more kind of parity. It was just beginning really and truly of uh, integration. Uh, many, many, many of the coaches, while they wouldn't admit it, uh, were scared, didn't know how to coach, didn't know how to handle, and didn't trust the black players, the black players that came out of Grambling and Jackson State and Florida A&M and Alcorn, these other places, they were coached much, much differently. The coaches were much more, uh, uh, I know Edwin Bethay was talking about, he went like North Carolina A&T, when he was going into the Hall of Fame, he said, if they coached like they coached me in college, they'd all be in the penitentiary today. Talking about the mm. coaches. Mm. And he said, but if they hadn't coached me like that in college, I'd be in the penitentiary today. And so they understood. And I mean, Bob Hill worked them out three times a day. And he liable to not think they did good. He liable to wake them up at 2 o'clock in the morning and make them all fall out and go out there on the field and practice again. Or, or after a game, if he thought they played poorly, he'd liable to turn the lights back on and make them go out and scrimmage. And, of course, you couldn't do that today, you know, like they could then. And, uh, you know, just like Walter told me, he said, you know, I thought the pros, everything from junior high football, or he didn't, Walter didn't go out to the 11th grade, but it was from high school to college, there's such a difference in the coaching. He said, my Lord, I thought when I went into the pros, it would be that much harder. He said, man, he said, pros was just a, picnic compared to how it was under Bob Hill. And so uh, Southern was one of the earlier ones we, we took in uh, a kid from down in trying to think what his name is from Malt from uh, Ocean Springs and he left and went to Grambling. Uh, but Fred Cook came along the next year out of the Catholic school down there and Fred came in came uh, quite a player, and, and P.D. began to bring in black players. Old Miss, for instance, and I represented him, brought in Ben Williams. Uh, he didn't bring in Ben till you know, way late. We'd already been after Southern, after Willie Heidelberg beat him. That's when Johnny Vaughn said, Lord, I'm going to have to get me uh, some African-Americans up here. And he went after Ben. But in the early days, Southern was able to get hold and had different black players that today, truthfully, probably at Ole Miss or Alabama and SEC school get them, you know, before we would. But uh, Southern got them, would give them a chance to play. Uh, so you come here and you can play and they can showcase you where if you go to uh, Alabama or somewhere, over there, you just can sit on the bench and sit behind a five-star recruit. Mm-hmm. And so we get kids here that would want to overachieve and work hard. You really don't know what a kid's going to do uh, until you give him a chance. And and if he doesn't get his damper down, doesn't feel like he got, got a good chance to play, he'll lose interest. Southern, uh, different ones, you like Sammy's walk on uh, – Everybody knows the story of Brett Favre. He was going to be uh, going to Pearl River Junior College, and we needed defensive back. Somebody said Irv Favre's kid, Irv played baseball at Southern. Kid is going to Pearl River, said he's a great athlete, he's a running back. 
even though he played quarterback, uh, he only threw the ball a couple times during the game, uh, that he would come up here and we, we think we can make him a good defensive back. And Brett said, well, I want to try to quit. Yes, son, we'll let you try to quarterback because no one ever dreamed he'd turn into what he turned into. Of course, he turned out to be, you know, the greatest there. But uh, that was how Southern was able to get these different people uh, that turn out so good. They come here and they just work hard. Now, a minute left, but put in perspective how good those Southern Miss teams were. The Bobby Collins teams uh, leading into Jim Carmody. How tough were those kids? Well, in Jim Carmody, I mean, in Bobby Collins' case, PW, the SEC, the Ole Miss and State, I mean, Ole Miss particularly, said they wasn't going to play us anymore if we played fifth-year students. Those days, the SEC wouldn't let you have with four years to, to play. The NCAA allowed you to have five years. So Ole Miss has said they're not going to play us unless we agreed not to play five-year students. And that's when P.W. left. And Bobby Collins came in and had all P.W.'s five-year students. Uh, and after Bobby's first year, he did so great because he had those five-year students. Because uh, everybody has five years now. But uh, we had some great athletes. I don't care who it is. I think. Tom Brady and by and, and Belichick, you know, Brady's down at Tampa Bay. Belichick didn't have Brady, and you'd see how far Belichick went without him. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we see the truth there now, don't we, Bud? Oh yeah, and so it is. I mean, it's great to have great coaching, but you got to have that players. I don't care what you got to have that player. And uh, Lord, I mean, Brett Favre made Curly look great, right? And, uh, that's exactly right. You know, and Reggie Kyle, you made Bobby and them look great. That's exactly right. And so uh, I'm taking nothing away from the coaches, but uh, uh, we, we come along. I remember P.W. one day, we were out there talking about recruiting. P.W. said, there's many Archie Manning out there walking around like Archie was going to Ole Miss primaries on uh, I'm gonna have to, baseball. I'm going to have to cut you off, bud. Okay. We're up against the break. We'll be right back. Bud Holmes okay. on the Eagle Hour. All right. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. D1, D-Bat, the place you need to be taking your uh, child right now as you're getting ready for baseball. They do state-of-the-art training uh, for kids into baseball and softball. Also, for adult athletes, uh, they'll do any kind of training for you there on Hardy Street. they got state-of-the-art facilities, and uh, we're happy to have D1 and D-Bat as part of the Eagle Hour. Okay, we're going to let Bud Holmes go here, but I, I just wanted to thank you, Bud, for coming on the Eagle Hour. Uh, we could talk to you for hours about uh, Southern Miss and uh, – and all the great athletes. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show, and uh, I just wanted to uh, hold you over for one more minute, and thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Well, i tell you what, it is really heartfelt for me because y'all mean so much to the community, and just, you know, we don't get rid of the publicity and the uh, all of the uh, attention that Southern needs to, and y'all really, really bring it. Y'all the heart of Southern's attention, and, I want to thank y'all because it keeps the interest up and you bring so much to the community and always have, and I really appreciate it. Well, we appreciate those kind words. I know nobody's done more for the football 
and uh, athletic programs through the years and you and uh, I'm, I'm really appreciative of my friendship with you and i look forward to having you back on the show really soon bud well i appreciate y'all y'all having me all right bud holmes everybody and uh you know luke we could talk to bud for two days and and he would not run out of stories Good stuff. Uh, I love the stuff about Walter Payton. And, yeah, no idea that Bud Holmes and Walter Payton tricked Bobby Collins into thinking that uh, he was going to be Southern Miss's next running back. <laughs> this is after he was drafted fourth overall in the 75 NFL draft. But, yeah, right. great right. stuff. Uh, just to recap a, a few things from last night, Southern Miss in basketball falls to Louisiana Tech in two games. The men fall 76-63. It was tied at half, 37-37, and then Louisiana Tech outscored the Eagles 36-29 in uh, the second half. Southern Miss falls to 7-9, and nine, and a Tay Hardy, Tyler Stevenson, and DeAndre Pinckney all had 15 points. Golden Eagles will travel. I guess they're traveling even today and will take on Louisiana Tech in Ruston tomorrow, that game on ESPN Plus at 2 p.m. Ladies also fell last night in Ruston, 77-60 uh, to Louisiana Tech. They fall to 5-6. and six. On the year, Malaya Grayson led the Eagles with 12 points, and uh, the ladies uh, will coming home uh, will host Louisiana Tech tomorrow at 4 p.m. in Reed Green Coliseum. Uh, with Cody Kennedy departing to the University of Arkansas, Southern Miss needed a offensive line coach. Will Hall announcing today that Jeremy Darvo will be the offensive line and run game coordinator for Southern Miss. Last season, he served under Bobby Petrino at Missouri State, uh, where he was the offensive line coach and run game coordinator. And then in 2019, he was with Charlie Strong at uh, South Florida. Uh, before then, he was at Valdosta State, where they led uh, the D2 uh, actually won a D2 championship and led all of D2 in the number one ranked scoring offense. And he actually played under Bobby Petrino at Louisville. So Jeremy Darvo, the new offensive line coach and run game coordinator. Uh, volleyball also uh, playing today. Uh, they're actually in a doubleheader with Southeastern Louisiana right now. Game two set for 5 p.m. Can't go to that, but you can stream it for free at CUSA.TV. Um, Bob, and then, you know, we, we uh, because baseball dominated yesterday, the Southern Miss football schedule is out, and we'll talk more about this next week. But just uh, in case you missed it yesterday and you hadn't seen it yet, six home, six away games. Southern Miss starts with four non-conference games four weeks in a row at South Alabama, Grambling at home, Troy at home, and then close out the month of September at Alabama and Tuscaloosa. October at Rice, UTEP and UAB at home, an off week, and then the day before Halloween, October 30th at Middle Tennessee. In November, North Texas at home, at UTSA, at Louisiana Tech, and FIU. So uh, that's going to be a, a really cool non-conference slate um, going back to open the game against Kane Womack and South Alabama Jags, and then going to Alabama Troy coming in. So should be fun, and, and we'll get into it more next week. All right. Uh, next week, we've got Jeremy McLean, I believe, the athletic director, is scheduled to come on the show Wednesday. I believe we have Coach Scott Berry uh, on the show to talk about the baseball season on Monday. And uh, we're going to have Jack Duggan on the show as, uh, as well next week and a lot of other guests. So we're really now getting uh, we're getting close, Luke. Things are going to heat up out there in the spring. And uh, I don't know. I think everything – I think we see the light at the end of the tunnel, maybe. And I think that uh, – this is the beginning of a, of a new chance for all of us uh, to enjoy athletics and enjoy the spring and summer and, and put this nightmare 
of a virus behind us. Just two weeks uh, to baseball season. <laughs> it's going to be yep. so fun. Yep. Um, and uh, just just getting ready for that. I tell you what, we will be watching Southern Miss play in uh, in just a few weeks. Excited about that for sure. All right. Want to uh, thank our new special teams uh, coordinator for coming on the show today, and of course the legendary Bud Holmes. A uh, great pleasure talking to both of them. Luke and I will be back. On Monday, we're going to have another full week of Southern Miss Sports Talk here on the Eagle Hour. I want everybody to know how much we appreciate uh, you listening every day. And a quick reminder, because we didn't mention it, it was a great weekend to enjoy some good food and good times at 4th Street Bar and Grill right there in the shadow of the rock. Be sure that you tell Slade and all the gang uh, that we said hello from the Eagle Hour. We'll be back Monday at 1 o'clock. We hope you will, too. And until then, Southern Miss. To the top. So slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Friday, everybody. Glad you're with us around the Super Talk Network this afternoon online, wherever you're tuned in. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson, we're broadcasting from the First Bank Super Talk Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg today. We're glad you're with us. Legendary sports agent and Southern Miss supporter Bud Holmes joining us a little later in the program. We'll also update you on basketball from last night and uh, some uh, football hiring news. And we're about to talk to the new special teams coordinator for Southern Miss football. But first things first, opening segment sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Uh, Great friends of ours, great supporters of Southern Miss Athletics and the place you'll find the best barbecue anywhere. Seven days a week, they're located right next to the Turtle Creek Mall. You can enjoy other delicious food in their dining room, through their drive-thru, or they'll even deliver it to your house. However you choose Dickies, just be sure that uh, you say hello uh, to the gang down there and tell them you heard about uh, Dickies on the Eagle Hour. All right, Greg Meyer is the special teams coordinator for the new coaching staff at Southern Miss. We're very happy to have him on the show. He comes to us uh, via the University of Georgia. And uh, Coach Meyer, good to have you on the Eagle Hour, sir. Thank you for your time. Well, I appreciate y'all having me on. Excited to be here. Well, there's a lot of excitement about the new staff, about the new prospects for uh, for Southern Miss football, and of course, uh, any football fan knows that special teams are a crucial part uh, of a successful football team. A lot of a lot of folks say it may be the most crucial. Uh, as you approach that uh, here at Southern Miss, uh, what will be the strategy and the the way you will attack uh, special teams play for the Golden Eagles? 
Yeah, well, our, you know, we want to be aggressive on special teams. Um, we want to uh, – I've got a very, very simple motto. I want to try and do <clears throat> simple better uh, than our opponents. And, and what that means is um, putting our guys in positions that they feel comfortable with, uh, that they are confident in executing techniques, uh, but at the same time trying to, you know, expose teams' weaknesses and, and um, pick our spots to come after things and – and push the gas pedal a little bit and create those momentum plays that, uh, you know, play a big part in, in, in helping teams win. I know different uh, special team coaches, I, I think, have different strategies. Some like to use some of the starting players from offense and defense on special teams. Others uh, have kids that just specialize uh, in the kicking game, the special teams game. How, how will you approach that, Coach? Well, I think you're really successful when you can get a, a happy medium of both there. And, and a lot of that goes back to um, Coach Hall and his philosophy uh, and the investment that he's putting into special teams. But I think you're always going to have that core group of guys that are kind of playing on three or four of your units and then, um, <clears throat> you know, picking and choosing uh, your starters. And we will have starters on our teams. Um, which ones they do. Obviously, having a, a guy who starts on offense and defense and playing on four units is a little unrealistic, but kind of um, spreading that wealth around, if you will, picking who's best at what and, uh, and, and having those guys make an impact on those units. Luke, get in here. I'm really excited because, Bob, I try to tell you all the time, special teams are the most important phase of the game. Punters are people, too. Kickers are heroes. So now we have the most important coach at Southern Miss right now, the special teams coordinator. Uh, coach Meyer, um, as a former punter at Southern Miss, uh, just you know what you just said, when I was punting the year we won conference championship in uh, 2003, I had like eight or nine future NFL dudes uh, blocking for me. So, man, it helps to have studs on, on special teams. Uh, where you come from with Georgia, you guys were top ten last year in three different um, areas. And, uh, you know, sometimes it, it just seems as if some coaching staffs do not put the emphasis on special teams as they should. They get beat late in the year on, on a crazy play. With, with Southern Miss having a coordinator solely dedicated to special teams, it really speaks of Wills Hall's emphasis of the kicking game. No question. Uh, you know, that was uh, one of the things that stood out to me uh, uh, going through the interview process with Coach Hall and, and really since I've stepped foot on campus is his commitment to, to making this a third of the game and uh, the importance that he places on it. And, you know, um, actions speak louder than words. And obviously we haven't had a ton of time to be around the players yet from a football standpoint, but um, just the stuff that we're doing as a staff and the access that he's given me to those guys, um, you know, talking about scheme and trying to get everything installed so we can hit the ground running in the spring has, has been phenomenal. Special teams has, has evolved. I've been out 15 years. Uh, you've been coaching for 10 years or 11 years, had some great stops, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Eastern Kentucky, and then Georgia. Just in 10 years, Coach, with philosophies, we had a rugby phase that for a little bit, and then the Aussie you know, pooch punts came mm-hmm. in to play. It's just amazing how the special teams has evolved in the last decade. No question. You know, and I think um, a lot of it has to do with, um, obviously, this 10th this coach position that got added a couple years ago. I think you saw the, um, you know, the, the rise of, uh, of special teams coordinator only position on some staffs and just um, before even before that I think you saw teams kind of start to put more emphasis on it um, 
you know, it, it wasn't an afterthought anymore. And, uh, and, you know, a lot of people saw the, the benefit that, that came with that and uh, kind of started adopting that um, in their own program. So it, it's definitely, um, you know, become more challenging even in, the, in my short career. Uh, you know, you see a lot more than you used to. And, um, but that's, that's part of the fun, right? I mean, that's, that's what uh, I'm here yeah. to do and uh, try to find a way to, to attack people and, and um, make them play on their heels and, and let us be in a, in a, you know, offensive position as opposed to a defensive one. When I was uh, when I was playing, uh, it was basically uh, a walk on would come. He would earn his job. He'd get a full scholarship. When I played for for Jeff Bauer, uh, towards the end of my career, you started seeing Southern Miss sign you know one guy every year, two guys every year. It just seems as if now um, college rosters are the the way they've afforded teams are really focusing on on specialists. And you know they may not be scholarly players, but when you look at a roster, there may be seven or seven or eight guys dedicated you know just for uh, whether they're kickers, snappers, or punters. So Southern Miss is, is going to have a, a, a crazy amount of guys to be able to contribute if needed. No question. And, you know, um, I've, got, I've got a very strong belief. And, Luke, I'm sure you can attest to this. I mean, shoot, you average 44.9 yards as a, as a senior. So that's a pretty darn good punter. If you want to be good on special teams, you need to have good specialists. And, uh, you know, I think um, – devoting those scholarships to get those guys that are elite players in those positions and then um, having those preferred walk-ons and the guys that uh, are willing to come to your program and develop. And what you hope to have happen is, right, when you get a guy who graduates, you've got a guy in the program that's been there for a year or two that was a good player coming out of high school that has developed in your program, and it's a nice, smooth, easy transition. You don't have to go uh, sign a kid every time you get a starter to leave. That's That's what you want. Uh, at least in my opinion, that's what you want that room to look like and kind of how it should operate. Um, but we have a, a very talented room. Like I said, we haven't had a ton of time to be around those guys, and I haven't seen them kick uh, live yet just because we, you know, we're not kind of in that phase of the offseason. But um, looking back at what those guys have accomplished over their careers here thus far, we've got a lot of guys who have played in games and um, you know that's a it's a very good feeling to have as a coordinator. You're not rolling out there with a bunch of guys who haven't done it before. So um, that's been really exciting for me. You know, Coach Southern Miss has a history of uh, of pretty well known kickers, punters. Gerald Wilson, all time pro. You know, with Kansas City, Ray Guy, maybe the best ever Hall of Famer, and Luke Johnson. I mean, it's going to be um, a high bar to have no to question. reach, Coach. No question. Well, you know, I mean that that is uh that is a really high bar to reach. Um obviously uh that's that's something that uh we're gonna certainly strive for and um I've been very fortunate in my career to have been around some, some very talented specialists and um, you know, in the brief amount of time that I've been around the guys uh in my room now, uh I, I have no doubt that these guys are gonna uh attack attack spring practice and um, you know, just seeing them work right now in the weight room and, and the morning runs, you can see that they're hungry and uh, they're they're ready to accept and rise to that challenge. All right, Coach, 30 seconds left. We, we, we love having the opportunity to talk to all you guys on the staff. Uh, in the time that's left, give our listeners, give them an understanding of what the vibe is like right now uh, with the football team and the coaching staff and, and all the all the newness surrounding the football team. 
sure. I think the one word that uh, just keeps uh, – really two words that keep coming to mind after being around the players a little bit, these guys are hungry. And, um, and there's a ton of positivity, and that starts with the top um, and trickles down. You know, Coach Hall, that's, that's one of his big things. And I think um, our guys are embracing it. And, and you know, um, I think a lot of people can say, oh, positivity, and we're going to, you know – sing kubaya and have parties and all that kind of stuff but you know it's positivity and affecting other people positively and still going out there and working hard and we're out there coaching those guys hard when we're you know in, in team runs and all that kind of stuff but you can see that these guys are ready to work uh they're approaching it the right way it's been you know it's been awesome to be around and uh right now the staff has got a really good bond and um you know there's just a lot of excitement going forward i think all right, Coach. Thanks so much. Greg Meyer, Special Teams Coordinator for Southern Miss. Appreciate your time, Coach, and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. We'll be right back, everybody. Bud Holmes next on the Eagle Hour. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank Greg Meyer, new special teams coordinator for Southern Miss football, for coming on the show. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. You can shop their great inventory of Southern Miss apparel six days a week on Hardy Street across from the campus. You can shop online at CampusBookmart.net, and uh, they will be happy to fix you up. All right, very excited about my next guest. I- I've known this gentleman for a long time, and uh, he's always been very kind to me, and I'm, I'm always grateful to have him uh, come on the show. Bud Holmes. Uh, Southern Miss people that have been around a long time don't need any tr- introduction to Bud Holmes. Probably very few people, of any, who have done more and given more to the athletic department than Bud Holmes has through the years. Also, one of really the first real, I would call, super agents that represented the, the likes of Walter Payton, Ray Guy, Fred Cook, Robert Brazil, George Rogers, Sammy Winder, uh, great football players, not only from Southern Miss, but really from uh, a number of areas in Mississippi. And, uh, Bud, we're glad to have you back on the Eagle Hour, my friend. Well, I appreciate it very much. I was wondering who you're talking about when you referred to me as a gentleman. <laughs> I said, Lord, I thought I was going to be on that show. <laughs> well, look, I met you a long time ago, and uh, you were very, very kind to me. You took me to Saints games and in the locker room, took my – young daughter and me to Saints games before and set in the suite with the owner. So we go back a long way and I'm I'm very familiar with with all the all the great football players that you have represented in your life. But I but I want to start with the greatest. And and he, he's not a Southern Miss guy, but I think we all agree that there's there will never be another Walter Payton. And uh, I know that you were very close friends with him. I know that you the day after he broke the NFL rushing record you set me up with a live interview with Walter Payton on WDAM TV. We'll never forget that. How did you come about meeting the great sweetness, Bud? Well, I didn't even know who Walter was, truthfully, and uh, I was asked by Berlin Bourne here in Hattiesburg would I be willing to represent kids from a predominantly black college? And I said, Berlin, I'll represent anybody because all I have is a handshake with any of them. I include Ray Guy and Walter. And all of them. And I said, as long as they're good citizens, and that's the only thing that I require, that they be good citizens and they get their degree from uh, the university, and if they're good citizens, I'll be glad to represent them. I don't care what skin color they are. And so that was uh, how it was. And so 
uh, I'd get ready to go bird hunting, truthfully, out to Texas uh, with John Rakenborg on the Saints. And and when I did, Bob Hill drove up in his Cadillac, and he had three guys with him. It was Walter and Ricky Young and uh, Robert Brazil. And they got out came in the office, and we sat there, and they were dressed to the nth degree. I mean, just to the nth degree, and Bob sat around, he was dressed to the nth degree, and they were, I mean, just like they'd stepped out of a fashion magazine, they kept talking, I could tell they were real uptight, I mean, everything was, yes sir, no sir, yes sir, yes sir, no sir, I'd ask them questions, try to pick through to them, and in those days, they had, uh, had the, the, the end thing, and the slick thing was that they had, that they wore these, had these satchels that they hung over their side that looked kind of like women's purses. And I couldn't get through to them. Everything, boy, they're just uptight. And so I said, Bob, I just can't represent them. He said, well, well, well from, Mr. Holmes? I said, well, I just never have represented any gay football players before. <laughs> and uh, he said, what do you mean? I said, well, look, I've got these women purses here with them. And with that, they started laughing. They fell on the floor and started rolling around and laughing and dying laughing and did it. And we all hit. And I said, yeah, I said, on one condition, that we just have fun with it. And if we can have fun, I'd love to represent them. And, of course, then the rest of it became history. Walter drafted the first round. Brazil was drafted in the uh, first round. Ricky Young, who later set all kind of NFL records and receptions, was drafted in like the thirteenth round. He went to San Diego and could he turned out much, much better player than than uh what his draft status took him. But that was how we got started and Walter came over here and he and Brazil and Ricky and and uh they'd come over here and stay at the farm where I am right now and bring the girlfriends with them, and we just kind of like became part of a family. And I met all their family and got to know them and, and started having fun. And so uh, Walter was a natural, natural, natural clown. And I say natural, I mean natural. He was loved, loved, loved a joke. Had a big joke, and of course I can't say on the air now what his favorite word was, but... Uh, you don't dare say it anymore, but Walter loved that word. And he knew it intimidate people uh, whenever he would say it, and they, it, they'd run from it. And he would joke, and he thought it was so funny and, and ridiculous. And so when we went to Chicago to do his uh, first interview with Brent Mushberger, Walter went up and just carried on and carried on. And Brent was scared to death to put him on the front of the air. Well, little did Brent know that Walter, on the side, did sports announcing for W. It was Channel 16 in Jackson. I can't remember the number they called letters, but it was Channel 16. And so Walter got out there, and Brent was scared to death to put him on. At that time, Brent was head of the uh, Chicago affiliate for CBS Sports. And anyway... Friday, when he put Walter on, you'd have thought he was straight from the latest of announcers. And the thing was all over. Brent came up and picked him and said, man, he is a smart-ass kidney. We joked. They became close. As a matter of fact, when 
at Walter's funeral, that was the last thing that Brent said to me was, he said, we lost a little smart at it, didn't we? So that was Walter. He loved, loved, loved a joke. He loved to intimidate. Uh, he could imitate a woman. He'd come down to my law office all the time, get on the thing and act like he was my secretary. And he said, Mr. Holmes, I'm tired of fooling with you. I, I wish you'd hang up. He, 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 he just he don't like a thing. Well, you, you know, he care. I said, Walter, guy, you know, man, you get me all kind of trouble with my clients. And he just loved doing that or call you up. And, hell, I was out hunting one time with Bruce McCarthy and a bunch of them up in, in uh, Dakotas, and Walter was playing. He called me up, and they had to go get me out of the, out of the woods. Came an emergency call, Walter Pay. He said he was leaving. I said, what, what are you talking about? It's a rookie year. I'm leaving. I'm going home. I ain't going to put up this stuff up here. I'm, I'm not going to. You know, they may want me to do it. I said, Walter, come on now, man. I, well, what's wrong with you? He said, Let me talk to the coach. I said, no, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm all right. He just kept on, kept on. I said, Walter, okay, I'm leaving right now. I, I just just uh, stay there, and I'll, I'll go catch a play, and I'll, I'll meet you. I'll go over there. He said, ain't no point you doing that. And I said, well, how come it's not? He's because I'm here at the Bears anyway, and he just died laughing. And, <laughs> Called you out of the woods for that. Oh huh? yeah, man! I wanted to kill it, <laughs> and uh, but it was just one continued thing. It was a pleasure, you know. I, I always felt like he was my son. I didn't have, and uh, and we just had a great, great, great time joking and carry on. I, he, he loved to come down to the office, and people would be down, and he'd love to go in there and get uh, coffee, put them on a little serving tray, and come bring them out. He said. I'm Mr. Holmes, a servant. I want to know what kind of coffee you want. This is, what you want this is Walter play. Payton we're talking about, the greatest football player in the history of the National Football League, right? Right. He, he was, <laughs> see, what a lot of people didn't know, Walter would come here and spend the summers, and I had raised out there at the Southern where he would, he would go out there and run the stadium. He'd go out there and run the stadium for two hours just during the heat of the day. Then you go into the locker room and get in the whirlpool and everything and come on back out here. He'd do that every year because people didn't realize who it was who was out there doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh matter of fact, before he ever was drafted, I had a lot of fun. I called up Bobby Collins and told Bobby I had somebody that, Walter, that's the way we, we did it, told a story that, and Walter won't have some fun. And I said, you're, you're going to be some kid from out in California whose grandmama lived down at Palmer's Crossing, and they've been a family problem, and you were going to come over here and live with her. But you did all kind of stuff out there in California as way of football, and you wanted to try out for Southern because you'd already been drafted number one at this point. And so... Walter, man, thought that was funny. Yeah, yeah. So I called up Bobby and I said, Bobby, I got somebody uh, in here. I know you probably don't want to sign him or anything. I know you probably loaded up, but why don't you do me a favor? And Bobby just nicely could be, of course, and kind of humor this kid for me and uh, act like it. Maybe later we can get him a job out there in the equipment room or doing something. But uh, <laughs> he's kind of come from a broken situation and we need to kind of help him keep his feet on the ground and get him back at school and everything. Oh, yeah, 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 bring a young man out. You know, Bobby's just a wonderful guy. And he said, bring him on out. Yeah, yeah, we'll get him. We'll get him to school and everything. You bring him on out. So I did. 
Walter goes out, walks in. I'm sitting there listening. I tell him, we had him discussing. They came in, hey, you young man, everything to him. He gave me her name. And uh, what's your name? My name is Robert Josh. All right, Robert, glad to have you come out here, man. That's good. Uh, what, what, uh, the, well, I, I, I graduated with, with a 3.9 out there. It, it should have been a 4.0, but 3.9 especially Ed. Uh, and, well, I went to so-and-so junior college. He named some junior college right off the bat. All right, but hang on to that thought. We're coming up against a hard break. We'll let you continue that uh, story. I know Luke has some things he wants to ask you, too. We're talking to Bud Holmes on the Eagle Hour, agent to Walter Payton, and many a great NFL football player. We'll continue our conversation in just a moment. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're with us. We're talking to Bud Holmes, uh, agent of many a great football player, and uh, glad to have him on the Eagle Hour. All right, bud, I know Luke has some stuff he wants to ask you, but I want you to finish this story. It'll set it up in case people are just joining us. You kind of set up a spoof with uh, Bobby Collins and Whitey Jordan, making them think that they had maybe some prospect uh, on the campus and they were about to time him in the 440. And then how do they realize it's well, they, they, Walter well, Payton? I'm sitting there, Walter, Walter put on little shoes to get out and go run at him, and Whitey was going to go time him. And Brick Mason, who was from Columbia, came by and he saw, spoke to Walter, and he walked by and he went in there and saw Whitey and Bobby, who was getting ready to go time him, and said, what y'all doing with Walter Payton out here? And, of course, Walter had already been drafted number one. Everybody knew who Walter was at this point. And uh, and so I kept waiting and waiting. And so I saw Whitey. I said, Coach Jordan, you going to come uh, time uh, Mr. Johnson here? And he said, you SOB, you go time him. <laughs> he knew that they'd been taken. Of course, everybody's had a big, big laugh out of it. Uh, and, of course, uh, later on, everybody really. You know, of course, the rest of the story goes back to P.W. was sent uh, Barney Poole over to look at it when he was in high school, and Walter had played for his first year that integrated, and it was a real tough game between uh, Columbia and Prentice. And right at the last, Walter broke it and ran in the last 20 yards backwards, holding the ball up, shaking it at, uh, at the Prentice coach. And so... Marty came back and wrote a thing. Said, a great athlete, but we don't need a smart ethic on the team. And so, to P.W. died every time Walter would see him, he'd always say, this young little smart ethic guy that couldn't, wasn't good enough for you. You know, and they, they came very, very, very good friends with Walter. Oh, this little smart ethic here. <laughs> All right, Luke, get in here with uh, the legend, Bud Holmes. Mr. Holmes, thanks so much for joining us today. You were also Sammy Winder's agent, and Sammy was, uh, you know, in that prolific offense. When did really his stock towards the NFL was it was it high when he came from Southern Miss, or his team started looking at him? Did it really take off? And and just kind of tell us about that time uh, between yeah. Sammy uh, leaving Southern Miss to going pro. Sammy was a a. Uh... Hard, hard-nosed runner, and, of course, he's a walk-on out here. He broke his leg in, in uh, high school, and so the other schools didn't really look at him. We took a chance on him because of his uh, ability, and, of course, he turned out great. And But Sammy was looked at. Uh, the, he 
was not uh, the top, top of the line type pick. I knew he was going to be drafted, and he was drafted kind of mid round. And Sammy, because of his work ethic and worked so hard, he turned into a much, much better player than what they thought he would. Sammy worked hard, worked hard. Everybody liked Sammy. And, uh, but Sammy was just a grinder, grinder, grinder. He always could deliver. And when they counted on it and needed some yardage, Sammy was the guy they'd go to. You know, he wasn't the O.J. Simpson uh, type. Uh, Eric Dickerson, Coach Walter Payton, et cetera, et cetera. Flash like that. Sammy was just a hard, hard-nosed running uh, like Larry Zocker was down at Miami. He was just a hard, hard runner and, and, and you know, and, and just very dependable. He's just the kind that the coaches love. I mean, the coaches, everybody loves Sammy. Sammy's quiet, unassuming, no trouble, just he, he's the coach's dream. How did that era in USM football in the, the late 70s, early 80s, you know, uh, affect you and with professional players? I mean, it, it just seems like Southern Miss came on the national scene there, and I'm sure, you know, in your business, there was a lot of people that started looking at Southern Miss far more closely from a national perspective. Uh, it, it was uh, during that time uh, you had much more kind of parity it was just beginning really and truly of uh, integration uh many 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 of the coaches while they wouldn't admit it uh were scared didn't know how to coach didn't know how to handle and didn't trust the black players the black players that came out of Grambling and Jackson State and Florida A&M and Alcorn and these other places they were coached much much differently the coaches were much more, uh, uh, I know Edwin Bethay was talking about, he went like North Carolina A&T when he was going into the Hall of Fame. He said, if they coached like they coached me in college, they'd all be in the penitentiary today. Talking about the mm-hmm. coaches. Mm-hmm. And he said, but if they hadn't coached me like that in college, I'd be in the penitentiary today. And so they understood, and I mean, Bob Hill worked them out three times a day, and he liable to not think they did good. He liable to wake them up at two o'clock in the morning, make them all fall out, and go out there on the field practice again, or or after a game if he thought they played poorly, he's liable to turn the lights back on and make them go out and scrimmage. And of course, you couldn't do that today, you know, like they could then. And uh, you know, just like Walter told me, he said, you know. I thought the pros, everything from junior high football, all he didn't, Walter didn't go out to the 11th grade, but it was from high school to college. There's such a difference in the coaching. He said, "My Lord, I thought when I went into the pros, it'd be that much harder." He said, "Man, he said pros were just a picnic compared to how it was under Bob Hill." And so, uh, Southern was one of the earlier ones we, we took in uh, a kid from down in, I'm trying to think what his name is, from Malt, from uh, Ocean Springs, and he left and went to Grambling. Uh, but Fred Cook came along the next year out of the Catholic school down there, and Fred came in, 
became uh, quite a player. And, and P.D. began to bring in black players. Ole Miss, for instance, and I represented him, brought in Ben Williams. Uh, he didn't bring in Ben to you know, way late. We'd already been after Southern, after Willie Heidelberg beat him. That's when Johnny Vaughn said, Lord, I'm going to have to get me uh, some African-Americans up here. And they went after Ben. But in the early days, Southern was able to get hold and had different black players that today, truthfully, probably at Ole Miss or Alabama and SEC school would get them, you know, before we would. But uh, Southern got them, would give them a chance to play. Uh, so you come here and you can play and they can showcase you where if you go to uh, Alabama or somewhere over there, you just can sit on the bench and sit behind a five-star recruit. Mm-hmm. And so we get kids here that would want to overachieve and work hard. You really don't know what a kid's going to do uh, until you give him a chance. And and if he doesn't get his damper down, doesn't feel like he got, got a good chance to play, he'll lose interest. Southern... Uh, Different ones, you like Sammy's walk on. Uh, everybody knows the story of Brett Favre. He was going to be uh, going to Pearl River Junior College, and we needed defensive back. Somebody said Irv Favre's kid, Irv played baseball at Southern. Kid is going to Pearl River, said he's a great athlete, he's a running back. Even though he played quarterback, uh, he only threw the ball a couple times during the game. Uh, that. He would come up here, and we, we think we can make him a good defensive back. And Brett said, well, I want to try to create yes, son, we'll let you try to quarterback, because no one ever dreamed he'd turn into what he turned into. Of course, he turned out to be, you know, the greatest there. But uh, that was how Southern was able to get these different people uh, that turn out so good. They come here, and they just work hard. No. A minute left, but put in perspective how good those Southern Miss teams were. The Bobby Collins teams uh, leading into Jim Carmody. How tough were those kids? Well, in Jim Car, I mean, in Bobby Collins' case, PW, the SEC, the Ole Miss and State, I mean, Ole Miss particularly, said they wasn't going to play us anymore if we played fifth-year students. Those days, the SEC wouldn't let you have with four years to, to play. The NCAA allowed you to have five years. So Ole Miss has said they're not going to play us unless we agree not to play five-year students. And that's when PW left. And Bobby Collins came in and had all PW's five-year students. Uh, and that's when Bobby's first year, he did so great because he had those five-year students. Because uh, everybody has five years now, but... Uh, we had some great athletes. I don't care who it is. I think Tom Brady and by and, and Belichick. You know, Brady's down at Tampa Bay. Belichick didn't have Brady, and you'd see how far Belichick went without him. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we see the truth there now, don't we, Bud? Oh yeah, and so it is. I mean, it's great to have great coaches, but you got to have that players. I don't care what you got to have that player and. Uh, Lord, I mean, Brett Favre made Curly look great. Right. And, uh, <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, and Reggie Collier made Bobby and him look great. That's exactly right. And so uh, I'm taking nothing away from the coaches, but uh, uh, 
we, we come along. I remember PW one day, we were out there talking about recruiting. PW said, there's many Archer men out there walking around like Archer's going to Ole Miss primaries on play uh, baseball. I'm going to have to cut you off, bud. Okay. We're up against the break. We'll be right back. Bud okay. Holmes on the Eagle Hour. All right. Southern Miss to the top. D1, D-Bat, the place you need to be taking your uh, child right now as you're getting ready for baseball. They do state-of-the-art training uh, for kids in the baseball and softball. Also, for adult athletes, uh, they'll do any kind of training for you there on Hardy Street. they got state-of-the-art facilities, and uh, we're happy to have D1 and D-Bat as part of the Eagle Hour. Okay, we're going to let Bud Holmes go here, but I, I just wanted to thank you, Bud, for coming on the Eagle Hour uh, we could talk to you for hours about uh, Southern Miss and uh, and all the great athletes, uh, but, uh, you know, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show, and uh, I just wanted to uh, hold you over for one more minute, and thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Well, i tell you what, it is really heartfelt to me because y'all mean so much to the community, and just, you know, we don't get rid of the publicity and the uh, all of the... Uh, attention that Southern needs to, and y'all really, really bring it. Y'all the heart of Southern's attention, and I want to thank y'all because it keeps the interest up, and you bring so much to the community, and always have, and I really appreciate it. Well, we appreciate those kind words. I know nobody's done more for the football and uh, athletic programs through the years than you, and uh, I'm, I'm really appreciative of my friendship with you, and I look forward to having you back on the show really soon, bud. Well, I appreciate y'all, y'all having me. All right, Bud Holmes, everybody. And, uh, you know, Luke, we could talk to Bud for two days, and, and he would not run out of stories. Good stuff. I love the stuff about Walter Payton. And, yeah, no idea that Bud Holmes and Walter Payton tricked Bobby Collins into think that uh, he was going to be Southern Miss's next running back. <laughs> this is after he was drafted fourth overall in the 75 NFL draft. But, yeah, right. great right. stuff. Uh, just to recap a, a few things from last night, Southern Miss in basketball falls to Louisiana Tech in two games. The men fall 76-63. It was tied at half, 37-37, and then Louisiana Tech outscored the Eagles 36-29 in uh, the second half. Southern Miss falls to 7-9. And and Tay Hardy, Tyler Stevenson, and DeAndre Pinckney all had 15 points. Golden Eagles will travel. I guess they're traveling even today. And will take on Louisiana Tech in Ruston tomorrow. That game on ESPN Plus at 2 p.m. Ladies also fell last night in Ruston, 77-60 to Louisiana Tech. They fall to 5-6. On the year, Malaya Grayson led the Eagles with 12 points, and uh, the ladies uh, will coming home uh, will host Louisiana Tech tomorrow at 4 p.m. in Reed Green Coliseum. Uh, with Cody Kennedy departing to the University of Arkansas, Southern Miss needed a offensive line coach. Will Hall announcing today that Jeremy Darvo will be the offensive line and run game coordinator for Southern Miss. Last season, he served under Bobby Petrino at Missouri State, uh, where he was the offensive line coach and run game coordinator. And then in 2019, he was with Charlie Strong at uh, South Florida. Uh, before then, he was at Valdosta State, where they led uh, the D2 uh, actually won a D2 championship and led all of D2 in the number one ranked scoring offense. And he actually played under Bobby Petrino at Louisville. So Jeremy Darvo, the new offensive line coach and run game coordinator. Uh, volleyball also uh, playing today. Uh, they're actually 
in a doubleheader with Southeastern Louisiana right now, game two set for 5 p.m. Can't go to that, but you can stream it for free at CUSA.tv. Um, Bob, and then, you know, we, we uh, because baseball dominated yesterday, the Southern Miss football schedule is out, and we'll talk more about this next week. But just uh, in case you missed it yesterday and you hadn't seen it yet, six home, six away games. Southern Miss starts with four non-conference games four weeks in a row at South Alabama, Grambling at home, Troy at home, and then close out the month of September at Alabama and Tuscaloosa. October at Rice, UTEP and UAB at home, an off week, and then the day before Halloween, October 30th at Middle Tennessee. In November, North Texas at home, at UTSA, at Louisiana Tech, and FIU. So uh, that's going to be a a really cool non-conference slate um, going back to open the game against Kane Womack and the South Alabama Jags, and then going to Alabama Troy coming in. So should be fun, and, and we'll get into it more next week. All right. Uh, next week, we've got Jeremy McLean, I believe, the athletic director, is scheduled to come on the show Wednesday. I believe we have Coach Scott Berry uh, on the show to talk about the baseball season on Monday. And uh, we're going to have Jack Duggan on the show as, uh, as well next week and a lot of other guests. So we're really now getting uh, we're getting close, Luke. Things are going to heat up out there in the spring. And uh, I don't know. I think everything – I think we see the light at the end of the tunnel, maybe. And I think that uh, – this is the beginning of, uh, of a new chance for all of us uh, to enjoy athletics and enjoy the spring and summer and, and put this nightmare of a virus behind us. Just two weeks uh, to baseball season. <laughs> it's going to be yep. so fun. Yep. Um, and uh, just just getting ready for that, I tell you what, we will be watching Southern Miss play in, uh, in just a few weeks. Excited about that for sure. All right. want to uh, thank our new special teams uh, coordinator for coming on the show today and, of course, the legendary Bud Holmes. Uh, great pleasure talking to both of them. Luke and I will be back on Monday. We're going to have another full week of Southern Miss sports talk here on the Eagle Hour. want everybody to know how much we appreciate uh, you listening every day. And a quick reminder, because we didn't mention them, it was a great weekend to enjoy some good food and good times at 4th Street Bar and Grill right there in the shadow of the rock. Be sure that you tell Slade and all the gang uh, that we said hello from the Eagle Hour. We'll be back Monday at 1 o'clock. We hope you will, too. And until then, Southern Miss. To the top. It's all slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.